0: Come and go, and I'm forever grateful. Come and tell me long and slow exactly what I wait for. Better times, yeah, better times. Somehow I don't believe it. I built a house up long ago
1: just to up believe it. Coming up on February 29th, Leap Day. Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever will host our first ever Concert for Conservation. Can you tell I'm excited about this? Yeah, man. <laughs> I am too. Uh, featuring find- the band that uh, that voice, Dave Simonette, leads, Trampled by Turtles with Chester Floyd and Carl Hansen, opening the show at the Washington Pavilion in downtown Sioux Falls, South Dakota. This special event, Concert for Conservation, will kick off National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. A full weekend of festivities in Sioux Falls starting March 1st at the Denny Sanford Premier Center. Well, Leap Day concert, February 29th. The show, Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic, opens up March 1st. And uh, right out of the gates, I want to thank four partners, four sponsors, taking a leap of faith with us for our first ever concert for conservation. Uh, First up, Pepper Entertainment, the Sioux Falls-based company, is helping us with all the concert logistics because Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, never pulled off a concert before. So, thank you to to Pepper Entertainment. In fact. uh, the Pepper Entertainment Foundation is donating all of the services to our organization in support of our wildlife habitat mission. No money coming out of our pocket. Uh, Pepper Entertainment helping us make this a uh, fundraiser for our conservation mis- mission. And then our three paying sponsors, starting off with Lion and Kugels. Our uh, beer friends from Wisconsin, just over the border, from headquarters here. Line and Kugels has been a longtime supporter of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. Our clays for conservation events in the Twin Cities. And uh, they've been uh, uh, part of Pheasant Fest the last couple of years. And they will be the featured beer pour at the Washington Pavilion during the concert. So make sure you grab a liney's at the concert for conservation perina pro plan up second uh, but first in our hearts i cannot tell you how appreciative we are to uh, perina anytime we ask perina to step up and try something new with us uh perina pro plan is always there they're a national sponsor of the organization um i put Perina and Federal Ammunition, in the same breath, they've been with us um, pretty much the entire 40 years, 41 years now of the organization. And rounding out another company, another organization that says yes when we ask them to try new things, and that is on X Hunt. Um, you, you've heard them on this podcast a number of times over the last couple of months, they s- supported... The Howard K. Vincent Build a Wildlife Area, creating a new wildlife management area. They've created the PATH program, Public Access to Habitat in South Dakota, opening up private land to public access. Uh, They're a sponsor of this podcast and a national sponsor. So thank you to Onyx as well. So Pepper Entertainment, Line and Kugel's Perina Pro Plan, and Onyx Hunt, thank you for making this fundraiser possible. Well, first and foremost, thanks to Dave Simonette, my guest, and and I'm proud to call him my buddy as well. Hey, Thank Bob. you for making this dream a reality. Oh, can my you pleasure. tell I'm Jacked? <laughs> am I am I more jacked or are you?
0: Uh I'm really excited, man. I'm so happy that it I mean, you've been talking about it for a while now. <laughs> like the idea wanting yeah. it to happen. Yeah. And it's it all the uh the stars aligned. And uh, this year, it's finally going to work out. I think so. I'm pretty excited about it.
1: I'm I'm very excited, and, and sincere. Thank you. Yeah. yeah oh right.
0: man, we're 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 very happy to be a part of the whole thing.
1: Um, you've been on you. Well, thank you. You've been on a number of podcasts with me <laughs> over the years. <laughs> um, we should folks. start our own. Well, we could. You talked about doing a podcast for a little while. Yeah, uh, I did. I thought about
0: it, uh, like like a lot of other musicians in 2020 i was looking for something yes. else to do and I, it did and I, I looked into it a little bit and it's not dead in the water or anything but um i just don't know if i'm ready you <laughs> for start, the commitment
1: you started uh kind of an email newsletter yeah a couple months ago that that's rolling
0: that's been really enjoyable and kind of a good excuse to write more which I've been trying to, you know, find more ways to kind of employ prose writing, mm-hmm. and so that's that's been really fun. I was actually right before I got here, I was just working on 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 the next one. So, you know, that try always trying to find different little outlets for for you know um, writing and just creativity in general.
1: If if folks wanted to sign up, um, is it yeah, Dave Simonet Uh, you can
0: go to uh yeah trample you can find it on any of that stuff and it's just like there's no commitment for it it's just like a little update here and there it's um maybe every couple weeks every three weeks something like that little kind of where we are as a band or where i'm as in writing music or just you know some behind the scenes stuff it's it's pretty light
1: it, it, you talked about writing more prose. You've written for Garden and Gun, uh, yeah. Tom Bepke. What 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 else? What am I missing? Uh, you wrote for art publication.
0: Yeah, there's just been a few things here and there. And I've it's it's um, something that I've have zero training. I shouldn't say zero anymore. But but I when I kind of started to um, you know submit maybe is a good word or just like look into writing um, for places like that i mean i didn't i didn't you know, I don't have any schooling in it so i've just been a little bit trial by fire but it's something that i've i mean i guess it kind of boils down to the written uh written word is kind of my favorite art form. Mm-hmm. whether it's songwriting or or novels or poetry or you know or articles in pheasants forever magazine whatever it is that's my it's kind of my i'm just fascinated by it mm-hmm. and i love it i've tried to explore different avenues in which to use it um so I I've, I've had the help of of some really really generous people in editing which I had never really done before like never or mm-hmm. never really received before like in music um I'm often most often my own editor mm-hmm. and so that's been a really cool experience to work with other people that help shape and and give me probably what you know I would I would guess is probably like a an English lit 101 mm-hmm. course in 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 writing which was it's been really great to learn a lot about it,
1: yeah, we share a mutual love of the written word, yeah, you bet um, what are you reading right now what you get a book on your um
0: i'm actually yeah i do, and it's it's actually a collection of um it's called daily rituals, and it's a collection of um artists writers Oof. uh all sorts of people, most of which you've probably heard of. Um, throughout history and just their daily work routine. Hmm. So each, you know, it's like a page on each person. There's like Beethoven is in there, for instance, and um uh, there's a, there's a, I don't want to list because there's so many people, but it's it's very interesting. And I I've read it. I've never read it all the way through. I've like flipped through and found people that I've been interested in yep. and checked out what they did. But I'm trying to I'm reading it all the way through now, and it's a little bit of a motivational tool because. Uh, you know all the all, interview out there that are self-employed it's it's you probably have the same ups and downs as i do in when, when trying to kind of create a reliable working mm-hmm. schedule um, but it's interesting to read about how all of these people accomplished these things that they did and and the amount of work and dedication they put into their own work is uh i always find it's it's good for me to read about that and and it makes me try a little harder maybe
1: i I'm thinking about John Sanford, who's a Twin Cities-based... Well, used to be. He lives in Santa Fe now. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Um, Thriller writer. Lucas Davenport, Virgil Flowers, that fucking Flowers. (laughs) 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 He has a whole bunch of uh, just phenomenal books uh, built around these characters. He talks about his processes. He has to write every single day, which is not unusual for novelists. Do you find you have to write every single day? Well...
0: Yes and no. I find that if I do write every day, then I write so... And this sounds dumb to say out loud now that I just thought it in my head. But <laughs> the more I write, the more I write. You know, th- you yeah, know, does that make yeah, sense? Like, yeah. not, just, not just amount, but the more I write, the more stuff that I'm happy with, hmm. I get. And uh, I find that if I let myself kind of get lazy in that arena and just, you know, life is busy, man. I got mm-hmm. young kids. There's lots of stuff going on. There's touring. Whatever. And it's easy to kind of push. That's one thing, you know, that you can always kind of push the back burner if you allow it. Mm. And then I find that I have a harder time starting the longer that break gets mm. um, songs, whatever. So I try to write something every day and whether that's like, uh, you know, a stream of consciousness about this table or if I focus on a song that I've been working on or whatever, I try to put some time into it every day. And mostly I'm successful at that now, and it's taken me a long time to get there.
1: I, r- I think when we first met, you talked about having, like, a studio or an sure. office. Do you still have that? that y- you
0: yeah, I've, well, n- you no. Know, I, I do have one in my house now. Okay. Um, but I moved recently, yep. and so I moved away. So I had a space. Uh, I had a ha- when I lived in Minneapolis, I had a space not far from my house and it's kind of a shared space uh with trample we store store all of our tour gear and then i built a little room in the back of that for my little kind of writing studio and i would go there and work which we were talking about you know off air before here yeah about something there's something nice about having a space that's just dedicated to work because you Mm -hmm. don't end up um getting distracted by everything else around you but i've created a space like that in my my house now and, and i'm in there almost every day you know i try
1: and a complete left turn for you, but we haven't talked about this since you moved. You built a sauna yes. at your old place. I left it there. You did! <laughs> well, are oh you yeah. going to build a new sauna? That's the plan, yeah. Or, or uh, take it back, sauna. Yes, i got to say it yeah, prono- yeah. Uh-huh. appropriately. <laughs> you are from the UP, though. You well, should be I, correcting me on that. <laughs> I did have, last winter, Mer- Meredith did, um, had a sauna. Uh, built outside, so you have one now. we yeah we have a, a by a Uper, a native Uper who yeah. lives in um, go with the I best think Delano stoked sauna. Okay, uh, he has his own little business uh, built um, a sauna uh, outside our back patio. Oh, uh, I it bet you've been enjoying so that. Freaking awesome! Yeah,
0: it's a great way to go through the winter here for right. sure. Having that to go out and use, yeah, no doubt about. It. Yeah.
1: Especially like you come home after a cold, like wet oh, yeah. winter hunt. You bet. And you know you clean the birds and you know it pop into the sauna. Oh, yeah, sauna! Stop sauna. rubbing
0: it in, man. I'm I miss it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get one again sometime. I I do feel, you know, it's kind of a. Feel spoiled even talking about such things, but we live in a cold place, and mm-hmm. that's a traditional way of kind of dealing with that. And once once that becomes kind of once that became kind of part of my routine, I really missed it. I also feel like I was probably health generally healthier when I was regularly doing that in the winter. The, there's a
1: lot of research being done or coming out about how beneficial. Yeah, saunas. There's are. our new podcast, man. Yeah, <laughs> in the sauna the with sauna. Bob and Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so hot in here (laughs) that's a different song (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so so my goal with this uh, obviously we want to thank our sponsors yeah we want to basically use this as a a pregame to the concert like for folks that are coming to Sioux Falls they're longtime members of the organization like oh this is cool let's go check out the show get there a day early but maybe they don't know intimately trampled in your story it's kind of a a a primer for them to to fill in some blanks about the connection and why you care about hunting public access bird dogs and uh everything that they care about so i want to start like just Basics: Where you grew up, how the band formed, sure. you know, some of the stuff that you probably <laughs> talked about twenty thousand times, but just fill in some a little bit of the background.
0: Yeah, I things. think though, the I, I have, I feel like I got a pretty good whittled down version of it by now too. I so bet you have yeah. an elevator <laughs> speech. Right? Yeah, you can give me how many <laughs> seconds you want me to fill, <laughs> and, can fill that with our backstory. Uh, we, st- so I, I grew up in Minnesota. I've lived here most of my life. I grew up in Mankato, Minnesota. And then I moved to Duluth when I was eighteen, and um started playing in bands i'd just i had played music for just a little bit before that and had started to write songs pretty uh rudimentary songs and then um eventually i was was playing music in Duluth in a, in a couple of different different bands throughout a couple of different years and i met the rest of the guys that are now on trampled by turtles and we started this became started as kind of a side project right mm. we were all most of us were playing in other bands or or had just gotten done playing in other bands or whatever but we wanted to try started start something acoustic which we didn't really know mm. anybody else in town and none of us had grown up with um uh like roots music that much i mean it was, it was definitely new for me um and so we started it as a little bit of something like oh this might be a cool way to expand hmm. um musically and just try you know once a month or something we'll play a show or something like that
1: because you were more pop, or not yeah, pop not really but rock. like rock and punk right? yeah
0: yeah and so was really everybody else Ban- hmm. our, our banjo player dave carroll he grew up with stringed instruments in the house okay uh but the rest of us were just kind of exploring huh. um so it started pretty casually like that and then eventually the rest of the bands that w- the rest of us were playing in are, all kind of went away. Huh. And we we st- we were you know people were coming out to see us in Duluth so we thought we'd maybe take the energy we were putting into our other music and and put it into this fun- kind of funnel it into this group and maybe write this you know my thinking was well oh, what might be interesting if I wrote the same kind of song I'd write for my rock band but use these instruments and that was the bare bones of the mm. uh, beginning of, of our band, and that was two thousand three. So we celebrated our our twentieth anniversary last April. Um, and yeah, it's still we're still going, still trying to, still trying to uh, make new music and and um, and play. And it's been a wonderful trip, man.
1: And you've played in every state now. Right? Yeah, we Did hit we hit fifty
0: that? last year. Yeah, Hawaii was our last one, and it was a, a mix of wanting a something a place we thought would be beautiful to be our last state and then just like failure to get a show there for <laughs> so long <laughs> trying and failing but we finally checked it off the list last year
1: and do you have a favorite venue that you play at oh uh,
0: it's uh it's a loaded question it, it, well you know what my answer is <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i i'd I, yeah, I do. I have a couple, and I yep. think it's kind of situation specific. My my favorite show, generally that we play, it's an annual show is our our Duluth, kind of our hometown, uh, Bayfront Festival Park in Duluth. Which, if you've been to to that city, it's the big stage you see when you're driving in on 35. It's off to your right hand side, on right on the harbor, and we play. You know, generally every July there. Um, with just a couple exceptions in the last decade we've we 've made it, so it's been that and that that just feels um, it feels like playing in now I was going to say it feels like playing in my living room, but that 's not it at all it 's not like that at all but it it 's like playing at home though mm-hmm. in some way you know it's it 's a big show for us it 's one of our biggest we don 't play in front of that many people all over the place, but it 's also this reconnection with the place in which we started. Um, just one of us lives there now. But uh, it's 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 I still feel really musically connected to Duluth because it's kind of where I cut my teeth playing and in bands and writing. And and it was like the kind of the backdrop for a lot of my my musical beginning. Mm -hmm. And all of us feel that way. And it's still it's still the place where I know the mayor and, you know, uh, just like everybody, uh, you know, you you can just like where I know everybody it's where i know bands still and mm. it's i still feel really connected to that music scene so that's my favorite that's a long answer no <laughs> it's good
1: And well you knew i was leading you there because yeah. you know i love seeing you guys at bayfront with lake superior in the background oh, it's, it's which we meet. really love. something else yeah.
0: that stage
1: the bowl uh, for the the kind of the amphitheater bowl yeah. with the you know, and people watching the show from behind you in boats, yeah, on Lake Superior. <laughs> yeah, right? we don't get and, that and, very often, no, or we don't anyway. And, and you know, it, it, the last couple of years, it's been just picture perfect weather and you know saturday in july which sounds like well yeah bob it's going to be a perfect saturday in july which yeah. that is not the not case if you in Duluth know the lake superior <laughs> yeah, yeah. it has been glorious it, and then i think about like we're mutually we both love baseball to me it's like opening day for the home team you know you go into you know Target Field or Comerica, in my case, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to cheer yeah. on the Tigers or the Twins, and everybody sort of seeing season ticket holders that are in the same row every year after year. They're like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you know, and so there's a collective shared love of the area and the music and the experience and the band, and it's electric.
0: That's great. I love hearing that perspective because we feel that too on stage there, and I mean we are lucky as hell we get to, we get to play. I mean, I do that for pretty much for a living, you know? And so I, I, I don't want to take it away from any other place that we play because it always, is, everywhere is different, you mm-hmm. know, but everywhere is great. I've, that's kind of my philosophy on traveling to play music. Um, I have a real hard time thinking about a place where I don't want to go play. I don't, I don't even think I can, yeah. but Duluth is, is kind of a separate space for us because it
1: there is nowhere else that feels like that well and, and i know you've you have played at some amazing play red rocks yeah um, the go you donated uh tickets to our organization for red rocks um that we've raised money to yeah for people to go see uh, i
0: mean uh, and that's an incredible venue that's that's one of the coolest places to see a band on the planet you know yeah. it's definitely one of the most unique Um, And we feel very lucky to be to play there. We're playing there again this summer, too. And um, it's it's like it's hard to pick it just on venue itself because we have a lot of beautiful places to play.
1: So listeners, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever folks, we're going to the Washington Pavilion, which is also a really beautiful. Yeah, that's a cool room. It's
0: been a while since we've been in
1: there. So you know this is the challenge to bring the energy in, right <laughs> hoot and holler and scream your, yeah. your your head off uh for this show because it's going to be it's the first of its kind and it's going to be so much But fun.
0: don't force it please we'll know
1: <laughs> 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 um hunting the outdoors fishing you like um I'll point people back you can listen first time you were on uh, was episode 31 that was with the captain billy what are we at now what, uh, uh, what are you at now, th- We're clo- this is close to 250 all right yeah so <laughs> i've been doing these a, we're both still while, here all right um so you know if you want to get the full story um listen back to that episode but give us the the cliff notes version of <laughs> of you know you have always been in love with the outdoors um Boundary waters, hiking, fishing, but kind of in your own words, um, how did it lead to we're doing? You're doing a um, a fundraiser for a nonprofit conservation yeah, group made up sure. of bird hunters. Yeah, what the hell? Huh?
0: <laughs> um, well, it's 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 really your fault, all of it.
1: I, well, I, I wasn't intending to lead you there, but uh, so. it, I take great pride in being able to have mentored you. Well, so we, for
0: me, in my point of view, that goes back to um, was it 2018? I think. State Fair. Yeah. So we had started talking a little bit because I was listening to. For those of you that don't know, Bob is also on the radio, in here in uh, the metro area of like Minneapolis and Saint Paul, and, and does an outdoor radio show with our friend Billy. And I had started listening to that on Saturday mornings, and we had somehow a conversation got sparked between the two of us. And um, you asked me, just asked me if I ever wanted to come out and try bird hunting. And I said, yes. And then we decided that we would meet in person. And we were playing the at the State Fair Grandstand yep. that summer. And you and Billy uh, came out and we hung out there. And then, because that would have been, what, August, I guess. Um. Right?
1: Yeah, because it fair. Yeah. Yeah, it would so, have been late August.
0: So then a couple months later, I joined right. you guys on Pheasant Opener weekend. Yeah, it was the Monday
1: after opening weekend. The
0: Hildebrand Family Pheasant Opener yeah. extravaganza. Yeah, because yeah,
1: you came out on Sunday. <laughs> that's right, Sunday yeah,
0: because we were playing somewhere that weekend, and I played a show Saturday night, I remember, or Saturday or Friday or something like that, but I drove up. The night before, yep. so I drove up Saturday night,
1: and Billy made his famous duck and dumplings. Yeah, this was my <laughs> first
0: foray into bird hunting, and um, and it was a group. It was it was Billy and the sons, and you, right? Yeah, that might have been it, and me.
1: Yeah, I think it, that was it. Just Billy, Eric, and Chad, and, yep. and me and you, and then and s- you had taken hunter safety yeah. backstage leading up to this on that
0: sum- yeah. So that summer and fall tour, uh, after we had ag- after I had agreed to go try it out, I had to get my hunter safety. So yeah, I just, I did it online, really on, on the road, which is really, it was, it was great having that. Now I look back and it was really nice having that as something to kind of focus on while I was on the road. Um, but then we went, yeah, we went, we went hunting that, that next day and we saw birds and I saw bird dogs work for Mm -hmm. my first time and I saw so, I mean, I saw all of it for my first time then and I was completely hooked. I feel like after that one day and it's been becoming a bigger and bigger part of my life ever since then.
1: When you think back on that experience, what is there anything that sticks out to you? Is like that—that that was what hooked me. Yeah, um,
0: I don't. Yeah, I'd be. Hard, it would be hard for me to whittle that down into one thing to list. Mm-hmm. I think, but I will say some things that stick with me from that day. Mm. Um, one of them was really more of a on the personal side of things because i mean i I barely knew you, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know anybody else there mm-hmm. and all of you guys had done this for your whole life and um to 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 bring me into that i felt i felt like i felt nervous mm-hmm. first of all which i'm I'm kind of speaking to people who might be new hunters out there i feel yeah. like um and I felt you know a little bit out of place. And you guys made me feel so welcome then. And I was able to experience it with, and I was able to kind of shed that stuff the second we started walking. Because I didn't feel like, I I, would not feel like a, you know, an uninvited outsider or something like that, that I might have felt with another group of people. And so I think that had a lot, that had probably as much to do with me enjoying that Hmm. as much as I did as watching the actual process happen. But I mean, the first time I saw a dog on point and a bird come up, and that process take place. I mean, for someone who had spent what, at that point twenty eight years of not seeing that, mm-hmm. was really something else. And that rush that you get, like we all know, that if you're doing it, you know what that feeling is. That's like it's almost like you're falling or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, it's something that that's I've I've been yearning to repeat over and over mm. <laughs> since then, and trying to find like and now I'm stuck like the rest of us too is like trying to figure it out. Mm. And I feel like it's kind of a lifelong yeah. process of of figuring out not only the birds but the landscape and the dogs and the working relationship and those special times when all of those things connect to make a, a you know a, to harvest a bird or something it's it's so special.
1: It, you grew up. We've talked about you grew up. Lo- you love the outdoors. You yeah. Spent a lot of time in the Boundary Waters, sure. hiking, fishing, but for a long time there was no hunting component right. to it. it it feels now like it's a very natural component of your lifestyle why do you why do you, th- yeah, why do you a, think it never happened until it's ruined my life <laughs>
0: <laughs> i don't know why I, I well i know why it hadn't happened before that's because unlike the family with which I was spending that opener, I didn't have that in my family, right? And the reason that Billy's sons, for instance, have hunted their whole lives, so the reason that Mm -hmm. you've probably hunted your whole life or whatever, is it has to be shown to you as a young kid, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But I didn't have that growing up, so... I think that there's a lot of, and this this has been talked about ad nauseum, I know, mm. but, and I'm sure you, it, pheasants forever talk about it amongst yourselves a lot because of part of your mission, you know, is recruiting, right? Yep. Um, yep. but the the psychology involved in in taking somebody who it's 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 seen, I think, because I can I've been on both sides of that coin, so mm-hmm. I can say, kind of, uh, I think a little bit objectively that it feels like if you don't grow up in hunting that feels like a lifestyle not like an activity mm-hmm. but more of like a lifestyle that that you need years of experience into to do it's almost like a chicken and the egg yeah problem yeah. um but i'm here to kind of testify that that's not true you know that you, that you can start as a full adult without any experience and i mean for me not every it's not going to be everybody's favorite thing but for me it's become you know, that's, it's become my the favorite part of my year. Mm.
1: It speaks to, one of my pet peeves is people that refer to hunting as a sport. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I think that's it, it, apples to pomegranates. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> baseball and hunting are two completely different yeah. things. It's not a sport. Right. It, it, it is more equitable to a lifestyle, like you mentioned. And
0: yeah. And I mean, there are, you know, there's a lot of different people who perceive it differently. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm, yeah and um i find myself gravitated towards people in in hunting that treat it more of like like it's life Mm. it's just part of life rather than some kind of i mean there's plenty of people that are competitive in hunting sure
1: yeah see just look at instagram right yeah
0: yeah and uh i mean there are ways to keep score Mm -hmm. if you want Mm -hmm. you know but um, it's, True. it's, yeah. it's so much, it can be so much deeper than that. And the people I feel like that I've met through you and through pheasants forever. And um, it's, it's definitely treated with more of a reverence than anything hmm. um, and a respect. And that's, that's something that for me, if I would have been introduced to it in a, in a different way or maybe a more competitive way or mm. like some kind of emphasis placed on getting a limit instead of just, you know, the, the, the way that you and billy had described it when we were setting out that first day we were just going for a walk in the Mm. prairie man Mm -hmm. and then if you happen to see birds the first time i I hunted with you with zeman he had Mm. said the exact same we're just going to go for a walk in the woods Yep. you know and that treating it like that and then everything that happens outside of that's a bonus yeah that for me i really connected with that i feel like i've always kind of felt that way about music too like we're just gonna go and see what happens and we're just lucky to be here kind of and i like that mentality yeah you know and and there's no room for disappointment there you know
1: yeah yeah you you're traditionalist at heart too right like a romantic (laughs) sure yeah yeah
0: to a fault probably (laughs) yeah Yeah, in some ways
1: and and this sort of fits that for you i think so and i
0: didn't know that before i started (laughs) you know i didn't know how romantic hunting is Ooh. and now you know we were talking about authors before and the people that have um have captured the bird hunt maybe in, in the most poetic way you know maybe like Jim Harrison or Tom McGuane or you yeah. read it, those guys and so many others too but uh, read their descriptions of it and it's 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 deep man and it's yeah. uh i love finding so much art involved in it you know yeah which i i can see it's a it's a life and death struggle and there's nothing silly about it you know
1: we talked about the art side of dog training no oh, yeah on our, on our last podcast holy cow is that a is that a
0: journey yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> um well so i i do want to ask you about your pup let me let me give a shout out to onyx um Onyx is looking forward to seeing all of you, our listeners at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. Stop by their booth on the show floor to see the latest features and go home with some cool giveaways at the Onyx booth. On Friday, March 1st, Onyx will be hosting an offline party following Friday night's Upland Rally. The party will be held at the Grand Rushmore Hall. In the Sioux Falls Ramcota, again, that's Friday, March 1st, after the Upland Rally on March 1st in the Ramcota. Onyx is inviting all of you to join us. Uh, All right, Bird Dogs, that was episode 215 last May with our buddy Mike Wieben talking about um, your German wire hair, Maxon. Um, and your secret hunting dog <laughs> yeah. coined by uh, Lucy, yeah. uh, Herbeck, um, give us your recap of how the, how both dogs are doing uh, after the season.
0: Both dogs are doing great. And I had, uh, well, Herbeck was with us when we were out in, in South Dakota South this year and he's, he's, I mean, he just keeps getting more in love with bird hunting. I think just like I'll he say. and I are <laughs> on the same trajectory, Yeah. You know? Yeah. um, Maxson uh, is our, our pop right German Wirehair that we got last year. And so this was her first season and it started very slow with her uh, to the point where I caught, had to call Mike back and be like, something's just not clicking. Mm. And I think we've, we kind of figured it out. Mm. I had, she, I, she went back for a little more for some more reps. My thing, my not, I don't want to say a problem because we, it's, it wasn't a problem. It was just her, something in her personality was connecting to pointing birds, at Dawkins, mm. without fail mm. i i go there and watch her and it was like wow you're an amazing pointer yeah i get her in the field and she had no idea what we were doing mm. and so um frustrating
1: and she's still very young she's
0: young yeah um and we kind of figured out that it was an environment thing she had been the only the only you know like a lot of dogs when they're tra- young dogs when they're training. She- she she only pointed dogs while she was in training Mm. um and then it worked out just timing wise that when i you know she came home it wasn't bird season Mm. and we weren't going to game farms or anything to practice we were practicing some stuff in the backyard right but i would still run her every day so we go to the woods or we go to a field and we would just she would just play right and she was associating our theory obviously because she can't tell us (laughs) <laughs> but is that when she was with me, she was associating that with just running around with her back, And, you know, she I mean, she would bump birds without even looking. Yeah. It was uh, – and then once I finally saw Mike, uh, the genius trainer that he is, he figured a way out for us to kind of cross that line, and it worked. And now she's been great. Huh. Yeah. And so, she, I mean, she's still a pop. She's still learning. Yeah. But, she's, what,
1: a year and a half? Yes. So there's plenty yes. –
0: Plenty ahead. Plenty ahead, but I've seen her with my own eyes now, and with just me <laughs> shoot, you know, shooting. She's pointed and retrieved, and um, so it's we're on. She's on the road now, and it's been really great. And she's uh, got a wonderful personality, and such a uh, main part of our family now too. It's yeah. been wonderful, yeah.
1: So I think we went grouse and woodcock hunting. Yes, when you brought Max. In, yep, and that was that right was, before that was before back. she went back. <clears throat> and then when we went to South Dakota. You brought her just back her, only, yeah. just because there was more people and more yep. dogs. And she and was chaos. back. She was back with Mike then. But I'll tell you what, Herbeck. So Herbeck is an adopted yeah, mix,
0: right? Right,
1: full mutt. And it started again back to K fan, like having a conversation with Tom Doc, and you're listening, like, "Hey, Tom, you ever trained a dog that isn't a pure breed, just something else?" And Tom's like, "Well." Maybe so it might be possible. And yeah. you text me, like, I need Dawkins' number. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, lo and behold, I mean, Herbeck was the best dog. <laughs> I'm not shitting he, in South Dakota. Dude, he blows. He was my a freaking animal.
0: Yeah, he's turned into what I think of like without a lot of ex- prior experience, obviously. But I think of him as a great retriever. Like I, he f- he finds birds, and he he f- he's f- he flushes like finds them to flush, mm-hmm. but he also finds them in sometimes really hard places. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't give up, which has
1: been it's been wonderful to see that happen. I just remember, y- you remember the sequence I'm going to bring up. That so they're, yeah, they're I knocked so. down. I, th- I I think I broke a wing on a bird. Was yeah, it? that might have been yours. And um, I think so. And I broke a wing. Bird falls. Yes. Runs yep. into the grass. And like moving really fast. running and it's it's out 100 yards 200 yards and Herbeck is on that like a rocket <laughs> yeah. right yeah, and he pretty
0: much met it when it hit the ground and but it,
1: it raced it and just tackled that bird right, but he jumped up into the air it, that's right <laughs> remember that so athletic i mean it was just
0: it was phenomenal <laughs> it was calling him gold glove
1: i yeah i, I mean i just cannot believe how yeah. far that dog is. come it's,
0: it's really something else from i think no
1: training no bloodlines yeah. that we know of yeah who
0: knows what's in there but it's not fully in there you know it's pretty damn but good it's in something's there. <laughs> in there but it's i mean you know it's not like there's there's as all of you a lot of your listeners and probably everybody in this office can attest there's a lot of thought that goes into yeah. breeding yeah. a lot of these bird dogs and there was no thought in In breeding her back, he's just a good dog, and that who happens to really love, you know, he happened to really love fetch. Is the is why I thought maybe it'd be possible, Mm. and then it's it's been so cool to see. I just feel like feel like I'm just so proud of him. Yeah, you know, I'm proud of him. (laughs) (laughs) I only wish
1: that uh, you know, and I mentioned this to you before, my dog that I don't, I think I don't think you met Trammel, so I named. My first bird dog after my childhood yeah. baseball hero yep. Trammel, which you named. I'm trying to think if I would have. I don't. When think did Trammel pass away? Um, it would have been. Well, you maybe met I feel Trammel. I like might have. Like
0: when you. I don't think you hunted with when Trammel. we were out for the first time. I think you still had Trammel. Okay, but I don't remember for sure.
1: Yeah, I. She might have still been around, but maybe not hunting. Yeah, I okay. know she would have been old. Enough. Esky was kind of the A team when yes. you started getting in like, they you know i remember grouse hunting yeah i think esky pointed the first rough yeah. grouse that she did yeah shot. yeah and uh esky's very proud of that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, what, what did you hunt this season
0: um rough grouse and pheasants and woodcock. yeah yeah the, the uh the kind of the trifecta around here
1: and what's What's on your horizon? What, what do you want to do?
0: Um, I really want, well, I really want to do what you just got done doing mm. sometime. And I want to go down to the desert for quail. Because I, I, I love, um, you know, from my experience of traveling through Arizona and New Mexico and that part of the country, is, it's, it's one of my favorite places to look at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think I'd really love to spend some time looking for birds around there. It is. It's, a, it's, tr- it's like, you know, how it is. Man's finding the time because you need some time to go yeah. do that. You can't just pop out for the weekend
1: it's so wild that you can go like, walk the desert and you think, you know, growing up in the North, yeah, you think the desert is sand and cactus and lifeless, death, yeah. right? And you get out there and it's just, there's all sorts of life oh, man. out there. Yeah. And, you know, gambles quail and scale. quail, And then, you know, the next day, um, or sometimes even in the same walk, you go to these sky islands is what they call them. Sure. Like if you were blindfolded, and dropped out of a helicopter into a sky island of Mern's country, where Montezuma quail live, you'd think, oh, I'm in Montana. And oh, really? It, you have mountains all around you, and it, they call them live oak. They're oak that never – like, they drop leaves, but they always have green leaves on. Huh. Um, and it, it's, like, grass that's up to your ankles and sometimes up to your knees. And it just – it, it's, like, where am I in are birds that hold super tight like woodcock it's just an incredible experience
0: that's that's really up there on my list yeah it's beautiful if
1: anybody's got a spot down there let me know well it's it back to harrison right yeah right here's a guy that grew up in michigan fell in love with montana bird hunting fell in love with arizona bird hunting so good taste in places to live yeah right i think right eat and yeah (laughs) that's pretty good. good life yeah that's what i'm going for um, one more shout out uh, to Perina Pro Plan. Uh, always advancing, never compromising, and fully committed to conservation. Perina knows your bird dog deserves a happy and healthy lifetime of adventures across the uplands. Stop by the Perina Pro Plan booth at National Pheasant Fest and Quill Classic. It's right next to the bird dog stage for a free sample and to connect with veterinarians. Uh, dog training experts and sporting dog experts. Uh, and thank you uh, to uh, Carl Gunzer for um, stepping up and uh, leading the charge for Perina to be a sponsor to concert for conservation. Thank you very much, Perina Pro Plan. Um, all right, as we transition uh, this concert, what. Uh-huh. Uh, um, give us a, what what expectation for this show. You, well, let's start with the opening act. Uh, Chester.
0: Yeah, Chester. Man. Uh, <laughs> You've th- played a
1: few shows. We with-
0: have, yeah. Uh, for those of you that are fans of Meat Eater and their podcast, you probably recognize the name Chester Floyd, who's on there um, pretty frequently and does a lot of work with Meat Eater now, yeah. all sorts of stuff now. Um, but a f- couple of years ago, I think maybe now, maybe not even quite that long, Chester plays guitar and things they've had him do it on the show before Mm -hmm. he's he's been pretty open about it on instagram and stuff and i it's 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 a really cute story he's he learned how to play guitar secretly um so he could surprise his then bride to be at their wedding by playing her a song huh she had no idea he had been learning guitar and he
1: never played guitar growing up no oh wow uh
0: which is i think a wonderful story yeah and um so fast forward a little bit we had the, we had a show booked in Atlanta and our person that was going to open for that show had to bow out and so I had, we were kind of scrambling and his name just popped into my head huh. like, cuz he was playing a little bit and he would he'd uh, I've seen a couple of videos of him playing um some songs that I knew and he was he had talked about how he was writing his own music now um so I just reached out I was like hey you're, you know do you want to come play with us and it was uh I don't want to say that that was his first show because I don't know that for a fact I think he had played a couple times in Bozeman mm. um but it was you know maybe a first show at a venue like quite like that one and so he came down and played and he was great and was and the other guy on the on the poster Carl Hansen is playing bass with him and singing some harmonies and stuff um, and it was really great. Mm. And his songs, I, I was like, man, he's writing great songs. He what plays kind of music? Great. Is there a genre you, I mean, he's qu- playing, I, I, I wouldn't want to like pin him in too bad, but I will say that he's up there. He's playing an acoustic guitar and he's got a bass player. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, it's singer songwriter. Yeah. He covers some songs, like some real interesting songs. Um, and then he plays a bunch of his own. Um, so I was super impressed, you know. I I, I didn't think it wasn't going to be good. I, well, you know, it wasn't like, oh my god, I was so surprised he was good. But it was just he's got a really humble and personable presence on stage. He has, I think his songs are wonderful, and he sounds really good. Ooh. So that's a, you know, it's a great combo. So, but uh, you know, for this concert, is he's also a big conservationist, yeah. and he's kind of dedicated his career so far to to working in this space and so you know for me i thought well let's get somebody else up there that is connected wants to be there yeah you know and that might be there anyway you know for for pheasant for pheasant fessing quail um quail classic Uh, so i don't know it made sense to me and i was so happy
1: that he was into it so i heard about the connection between trampled and um chester actually through carl Oh, yeah. On WTIP, the the radio station in Grand Marais. Right. He was on, because I think he's from up there, his right? His
0: parents own, uh, or they did own or do own um, Sawbill Outfitters. Okay, that's right. That's yeah. right. So, or parent, no, i sorry, parents-in-law. I think uh, it's his wife's so family. So
1: I heard him talking on WTIP. He's like, yeah, I'm doing this show with Chester from Meat Eater open it up for trample in the land, I'm like, what so is going funny, on? Yeah, small world, <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty fun.
0: It's great, and uh, it's been really fun to kind of talk this through and, and finding. I love finding little overlaps between conservation and music because mm-hmm. they're they're out there, and sometimes you got to look a little bit.
1: So i I've asked you this question every single time we've <laughs> talked, and that's you it, because we love writing. Mm. Should we share that? Um, you know i I always am listening for kind of the undercurrents of the outdoors in your songwriting. Do you feel like hunting, bird dogs, conservation has changed the way you write songs over the last couple of years?
0: Yeah, I think it has definitely added another influence. Hmm. Um, And we've talked about this before, but for me, I feel like writing songs is a bit, it's not unconscious, but it's a little bit more stream of conscious for me, whereas I don't particularly sit down to write a song about a particular event or person or something and i just kind of write it and and figure it out as it goes but i've definitely seen more references to the outdoors pop up Mm. and i say that like it's not under my control but it often doesn't feel like it is Mm. um i actually wrote a song recently for a a television show really like an animated television show uh that they reached out and and wanted trampled to do a song for. So I had to, I'd come up with, you know, I wrote a few songs to submit. Uh, It was for a particular scene. So I had like some direct, I had some direction. Like this is what's happening. We're looking for a song um, that, you know, might fit in there. And so I wrote a few and the one they ended up choosing is, is probably the first time there's literal um, references to a reference, like a side by side following dogs and stuff uh and so hopefully that's every you know that that, i don't know anything about that business but hopefully it'll be it'll come out at some point but i can share it with you privately bob i can send you that and see if if you can catch it but i'm sure it's like plain as day to me there but i have noticed a lot more like metaphor and stuff Mm. that that would come in um where at least to me that means you know either you know pictures picture yourself walking um in a prairie, looking for pheasants, and what that feels like, and that's kind of where some of these things are coming from.
1: It, I, I'm gonna say, it's probably the second actual reference. Because oh, right, yeah. we're all right. A rooster <laughs> has, pheasant has, with razor uh, wings. Yes, yes. Come on, sure. that's a direct linkage. Sure. right? yeah, yeah. So it's it's coming in there, man.
0: It's it's, it's uh, which I'm happy about because I feel like the older you get, the more um, the the more you have to kind of look around, mm-hmm. and I think as long as you keep being open to new experience and and learning new because you can run out of stuff to write about man if you do the same thing every day you know like um you have your imagination to fall back on but uh for me i think when a lot of it's very personal to me and i think that reaching out and and expanding your life experience is a great way to keep material coming in you know um so, I think it's it's it just every new activity. Hunting is such a big activity for me now that it has no choice but to be folded in there to the pot.
1: Well, it's cool. And um, I'm listening for great. it. Great. Well, that's there. <laughs> uh, I,
0: I want to, uh, side note, before I forget, I, yeah. I, w- I wanted to speak about Pepper Entertainment. I didn't know that they donated their all time. The legi- yeah, they're so helping with We've all worked the st- with them for 20 years. I mean, really, mm-hmm. almost since we started we They've booked shows for us in little tiny bars in Sioux Falls um all the way till now and have been wonderful And it's, I'd want to extend my thanks to them for doing that too that's a super cool thing yeah to do. right on they, they don't have to do that
1: they they've donated all the service i mean we've not, not done done this before yeah. right? so they've uh, they've been on multiple conference calls helping us figure out the marketing plan to sell tickets, and every ticket sold generates revenue for the organization and you guys have collaborated multiple times on membership offers yeah um so we have a brand new membership offer with the t-shirts <clears> oh <throat> so great man and the in the concert poster so um, you know just a lot of love going around from from you guys from you in particular everybody Pepper.
0: everybody really wants to see it work yeah you know and, and make it hopefully a more regular event
1: and and that's what pepper has said too Great. it's like you know can we prove success here they've got a nonprofit foundation and can we roll this yeah good for them. forward to pheasant fest 2025 and do another show and i wow. won't get ahead of ourselves <laughs> right but uh it, um this is you know it's already profitable well, thanks to you guys there's
0: there's you know i i would love to do this kind of thing and you and i know both know that the um how the likelihood of all the things working out, it can be kind of low. Sometimes it's scheduling mm-hmm. for, for the pheasants forever. It's scheduling for us, it's scheduling, right. whatever. There's so many things that have to, to work, but I would like, I said, I mean, and I'll do it every time it works, but at the times that it doesn't, right? it's, I think it's, it's cool to see other, I've had other musicians kind of come out of the woodwork a little bit. And there's other, there's other bands out there. I feel like that, yeah. like, uh, that, that hunt or that fish or whatever and but haven't really dipped their toe into this side of it like uh you know doing conservation work or working with organizations like that that we probably would and i think it's cool to to find that stuff
1: well, thank you for trusting us. Oh, man, thank you. Believing in the cause and and uh, trusting us to pull off a great show. I'm yeah. very excited for it. Um, we, uh, listeners, we were not quite sold out, but we're getting close. <laughs> As uh, If you follow Trampled on social media, we have a low ticket alert. Yeah, okay, <laughs> right? that's a great sign. Yeah. So, we're, so, If you're thinking we're about it, you should you. probably get on it. Yeah. Um, so if folks are interested, tickets are available, pheasantsforever.org slash trampled by turtles. Um, the membership offer that I mentioned with uh, the concert artwork, the poster, the t shirt, pheasantsforever.org or quailforever.org dot slash trampled. Uh, one final shout out to Lion and Kugels. Um, Lion and Kugels has a beer for every season. Football season, lake season, musky season, musky. <laughs> mosquito that was that was uh that was a Freudian slip mosquito season winter sports season concert season and of course hunting season 2024 jacob line and kugel brewing company of chippewa falls wisconsin uh rounding out the uh, s- sponsors of our first ever concert for conservation All right, closing thoughts, and I guess one question and closing thoughts. So a couple years ago, you uh, generously invited me down to uh, Pachyderm Studios down at Cannon Falls. Um, I think it was right after you produced um, a record. Yes. Um, And then we went uh, trout fishing together Uh uh, right below the studio. It's a really great place. It was was a beautiful spring day, Mm -hmm. Um, but I know when I see... Pachyderm studio and, and social media something's happening um, <laughs> yeah. is, is there a new album coming?
0: We are working on something I don't really know what it is yet. <laughs> <laughs> we have recorded some songs though cool yeah we we spent a few days down there a couple weeks ago. um I had written a little batch of songs you know this I won't go into this too much, but the music releasing is kind of the wild west right Ooh. now. you can kind of you know it's no longer put out a full length album every year and a half or a year two years or whatever it used to be and now it's yeah. just kind of so we just wanted to go record some so i had a little pile of songs just kind of sitting around and it felt like a batch that fit together sweet so it's been it's really fun yeah i it's my that's my favorite part of music is recording so i'd love to go is it really oh yeah yeah um i love it and so yeah we, we i think it's whatever we did. It's in the works, huh. so we don't know when it's coming out. We don't know if there's going to be more to it yet. And uh, you know, as as
1: information comes available to me, I'll <laughs> share it with you. Do you write <laughs> the lyrics first and then put it to music, or does it go the other way?
0: Usually the other way, but oh, okay. they usually. But they, they meld at some point. Huh. So a lot of times I'll come up with a melodic idea first, maybe a couple. I'll just, strum, I'll just sit around and strum guitar all the time. Mm. And so something will pop up, and that'll spark a song. And then as the, you know, the lyrics will go over that, but maybe it needs to change. Mm. So may, now the song's changing to the lyrics. And maybe, uh, you know, so it, it, a lot of times, though, the impetus of it is, is from just sitting around playing guitar.
1: Cool. Mm. What about picking songs for a show, like you're <clears throat> thinking yeah. about, okay, I'm playing Washington Pavilion right. Sioux Falls for this audience. Are you thinking specifically about the audience and the the geography, the yeah. location? Yeah, I think I stuff?
0: think that's very fair to say mm. that because different venues lend themselves better to different. For us anyway, because i you know I can't say we have a large variety because we don't. It's not like we'll have. You know, we're not playing any hip hop or anything. We don't go that far out, <laughs> right. but we do have a, enough of a musical variety in our, our kind of our catalog. I feel like mm-hmm. that we. I generally want to tailor a, a little bit to the space in which we're playing. So that, you know, we might be a headlining set at a festival, or it might be a noon set at a festival, or it might be a theater like, like this place, the vibe here is more of like a, um, like a warm, dark room, you right. know, might be a rock club or something. And I, they, those all kind of lend themselves to a little bit different parts of us. Right. And they overlap. There's the Venn diagram, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah i do I do think about it in that way, and whether that trans- i hopefully it translates in a way where people don't even really notice it, hmm. and it just fits to them. Hmm. That's what I hope for that the set whatever the set we play it it felt like it was the right set for that space and time.
1: Is there a song that you like oh, there's no doubt we're playing that at this show
0: um I mean, we do have a couple of songs that we play at I'd say like ninety nine percent nothing that we've played at every single show since it's been written, though the guys like to point out to me when something gets very frequent. <laughs> yeah. Variety but, yeah, is uh, embraced. I don't huh? think in that way, but, but yeah. well, I do. I shouldn't say that. But uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we we have, you know, songs that our fans throughout the years appreciate probably more than others. Sure. And, and uh, depending on the show, those are usually added in there. But we have a lot of other music now that can kind of rotate in and out around those two, which mm. just feels good. And I, the more we have, the more I enjoy that. Awesome. I love – I always will say that I like whatever we're doing right now. You Our have favorite, said that. You know, yeah. It's my favorite because um, just the uh, newness or whatever word you want to use for it is, is a quality that only happens for a little while.
1: Yeah, you've said that before. You look back on some of the – older albums yeah like oh i've matured a lot well i I think so
0: and you know if you look back i mean i'm sure you have some things for that you wrote in your early 20s or something like that you want to read those out loud to people (laughs) you know i don't (laughs) (laughs) get on stage and sing that but it's also Mm. i try to the other guys are really good at tempering that in me too and 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 explaining that That listen that's it's just a for me an album or record a recorded piece of music, whatever, is just a snapshot of a place and time. Right. And it's, sometimes it's fun to look back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also a good lesson in not taking yourself
1: too seriously. Thank you very much. Thanks for having thanks me, Thanks for Bob. doing this Anytime. podcast. And thanks for uh, making a dream come true. This is can't wait. something that uh, I am absolutely jacked about and i know a whole bunch of uh my co-workers and members and uh our our four sponsors are super thrilled
0: all it took was an extra day in the year to make it happen the leap day yeah (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) um
1: a final thanks pepper entertainment uh & kugel's perina pro plan onyx hunt thank you very much for making this dream a reality um Tickets to the show, again, as uh, we're recording this, January 17th, there's about 300 tickets left. PheasantsForever.org slash Uh The membership offer, if you can't make it to Sioux Falls, PheasantsForever or QuailForever.org slash trampled. You can see the concert artwork, the poster, and the shirt, and um, sincerest of thanks to the band Trampled by Turtles, and to um, Chester Floyd, Carl Hansen, and most especially to my buddy, Dave Simonette. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, Bob. All right, folks, always follow the dog, especially if you're going to Sioux Falls. We'll see you at the concert.